strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! It's truly hard to believe that we will not see Kyler versus Tua again until the next presidential election, 2024. That is unless they meet in a super game at some point. And the way that last game went, that would not be a shock. As Ron Wolfley, we talk about the future of football. Think of the stretch the Cardinals are in. Russell Wilson against Tua, and then Josh Allen, and then Russell Wilson again, and then Cam Newton, and Kyler along the way, what he is doing. Guess what? The future is is now on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Tick and talk, Ron Wolf. Tick talk, Paul. I love it right there. there. You know what, honestly? It looked like it got personal, that game between the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa. It did. It looked like, oh, you're going to run the ball like that? Is that what you're going to do? Well, why don't you just watch this? I wonder if it got personal the week before watching Russell Wilson run it straight up the field between the tackles. I I, I tend to agree with you that these quarterbacks are watching watching what Kyler can do. And by, and by the way, look at what Kyler did against the Dolphins. A passer rating of 150.5 right. and over 100 yards rushing. He was coming off a game where he was NFC Offensive Player of the Week and now Josh Allen. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Look what he just did in destroying the Seahawks. 31 of 38 for 415. Three touchdowns throwing, one touchdown rushing. Think of where, think of what the defensive schemes are week to week when you go against one of these sort of quarterbacks versus when the Cardinals played the Jets and they went against Joe Flacco. Absolutely. Totally different plans. Yes, you know what's so fascinating about that as well? I don't know if you heard Kyler Murray, right? But he was intimating as much. I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, but he basically was saying the fact that, you know what, I think that's going to be the norm in the coming years, right? And you and I have talked about this many, many times, Paulie, but in the next three to five years, I I honestly do not see any offensive coordinator saying, well, I'm going to take that stationary pocket passer. I just don't. Well, I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to become almost like Lawrence Taylor. When Lawrence Taylor came out, all of a sudden everyone looked at him and said, oh my goodness, there's a human being that can play like that? We've got to go find ourselves a Lawrence Taylor. And they started actually training kids to be the next Lawrence Taylor because they had the ability to do it. I think the same thing is going to happen at the quarterback position in the NFL. Everyone's going to look for that dual threat guy, the guy that can be both, the guy that can throw it because he's out there. We all know it. We see it. He's out there, the guy that can throw it and the guy that can run it. Who's going to be the next guy coming out of college who can do it? 
I, I think it's going to become the norm in the NFL. It's going to become institutionalized, which means you're going to have backups, guys that are second and third team backup quarterbacks that are going to be the same as the starter. For example, look at the 49ers. If they truly have a quarterback question in the offseason and they do have the ability to get out of the Jimmy G contract without much problem, do you really believe the rumors they're immediately going to go after Matt Ryan, the former quarterback for Kyle Shanahan, or is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan trying to look for that dual-threat quarterback? Bingo! We got a winner! Look at how much easier it is to game plan against a Jimmy G than a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray in your own division. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Our special guest tonight, Corey Peters. We're just getting rolling. First and 10 on the 12. Bunch set to Murray's right. Hopkins split left. Edmonds in the backfield with Kyler. Now in motion right to left is Kirk. Snap to Murray. He's going to keep it running left. He's at the 10. Murray cuts right to the 5. And Kyler Murray has a touchdown. His fourth of the day. First on the ground. What a show by Kyler Murray here at State Farm Stadium. Arizona has the lead 30-24. to And that is zone read all the way with Max Williams leading up through. What a great block by Christian Kirk and Max Williams. That's the reason why Kyler Murray walked in, baby. They took that 31-24 lead early fourth quarter, but the Cardinals end up on the short end. The Dolphins win that fourth quarter, 10-0, win the game. And Wolf, as we say, welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and Corey Peters will be our special guest coming up. I kept waiting for Tua Tonga Bailoa to make that critical rookie mistake mm-hmm. and it didn't happen it did not happen the dolphins do what the dolphins do what they did the week before you outgain them by some 130 yards and you have a lead but you know what they came back they won the game they they got their fourth straight win and the cardinals three game winning streak snapped yeah paulie no i'm with you on that right there it's just honestly a situation where the arizona cardinals had the opportunity to go out there and take that next step that's that's the thing i'm most disappointed about paulie this was a maturation game for the arizona cardinals it was an opportunity to take that next step where not only can you go out and play with the very best of the best in the national football league when you beat the seattle seahawks but now all of a sudden coming off a bye facing a quarterback that's only making his second career start now you can actually go out and beat a team at home that you feel like you should beat at home and they missed that opportunity and it didn't start well for them and you know how big I am when it comes to starts starting a game and starting a second half of course and how important that is to set the tone when the Cardinals took the ball and gave it up coughed it up a scoop and score touchdown that's exactly how the Miami Dolphins beat other teams and that's exactly how they beat the Cardinals. And think about it, Patrick Peterson cited it today, that field goal right before the end of the first half, right? They allowed that, and boom, what happened? They lost by three points in the end. 34-31 is your final as the Cardinals fall to the Dolphins. And and Kyler Murray, after the game, was uh, talking about the game and, and just, you know, where exactly this might leave the Cardinals. Now, look, at the halfway point, you're 5-3. and three. Right. You got to win against Seattle. Maybe a lot didn't expect you to beat the Seahawks, and then people did expect you to beat a Dolphins team that is now also five and three. And, and here's Kyler and the big picture, and then where that leaves the Cardinals. I come in every day, uh, just trying to get better each and every day. Obviously, you know we're trying to win. I'm trying to win. That's the goal. You know, it's 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 time. You know, it's year two. There's no we don't have time to wait around. And 
uh, say, you know, we'll do this in year six or year seven. You never know. You never know when your last snap's going to be. So um, I'm always striving to get better, always striving to be the best. That's Kyler yesterday. Uh, if we were to play what he said after the game, <laughs> there wasn't a lot. <laughs> or didn't say. Yeah, there were there a lot of pauses. What would you make of that, Ron Wolfley? Um, I, I called it as there's game face and then there's post-game face. Yes. He, he had the post-game face, and obviously he, he was not happy. And, and there was a significant cooling-off period. He was the last Cardinals player to speak, and he yeah. was still hot. Yeah, Polly, you know, listen, I, I hope he never loses that will to win. I hope he never loses that desire to actually win football games. And I hope he never gets used to losing, right? And he was talking about this very thing yesterday, as a matter of fact. But I hope he never loses that, Polly. At the same time, he's got to learn how to deal with it. You have to, because that's that's the one thing you can't do. You can't actually cause a distraction based on a game that you played after the game is over. Now, all of a sudden, your teammates are going to have to talk about that all week long. And I get that. And I don't disagree with that. I guess my question is, and this is at least thinking out loud, what if that's what was needed? What if that was a display of leadership in a way that he wants everyone else in the locker room to match that want to, that will to win? Yeah. Can I just say, Paulie, can it do it in the locker room then? Don't do it in front of the world so that people can ask your teammates about it. That's all I'm saying right now. And I and I honestly think that Kyler Murray got that message. If I if you read in between the lines, if you read and listen to what he said, you know what? It's it, to me, I think Kyler Murray understands that he can't do that. He's got to be more positive, more optimistic. And part of what he said yesterday in response, and after he had 72 hours to process it, he told the media, and I'm quoting loosely, I don't want to get used to this cycle of losing right? and, and then get hyped as an underdog, and then we come out against a good team and we play our best again. I, I don't want to get into that. I want to win every week, and we mm-hmm. should be better about locking in. That's awesome. It, and, and I guess That's my response, you know, and, and you're right, Wolf, you know, you should leave it in the locker room unless you've already tried that. And we saw the Lions loss and we thought, OK, that was the wake up call. And then they came out at Carolina. And I know there were minus Buddha and there are a lot of other extenuating factors, but they hit the snooze button against Carolina. And now they win three in a row, they respond, and I think he saw the laps here against Miami yeah. and he wanted to put his foot down. Yeah, you know what, Paul? The one thing about it, though, is what are you what are you trying to do? Then are you trying to you know you already let your team have it, let them know you're not happy. Now what are you trying to do? Are you trying to placate fans? Are you trying to placate the masses? Are you trying to placate media? What are you trying to do? Uh, To me, once again, if it didn't work in person in the locker room, then you put it on display for everyone to reinforce how serious you are. Perhaps that's just once again that's just a theory. That's just uh, there's caught. It could be that you know he's, he's Paulie. A guy. You know what? There's an old saying in professional sports: never let him see you sweat. He's a guy who's not used to losing. Period. Yeah, right. He, you know he he's, uh, didn't lose a single game in high school, obviously, and lost three total games in his college career. So, you know what we need? If we need answers, we need team captain. <laughs> yes, Corey Peters, and he is coming up next. Three-time Corey. team captain. Can't wait to chop it up with Corey Peters and talk about the Cardinals. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Garoppolo takes, run play, off left tackle. Corey Peters gets off a block. 
and drags down Mostert, and they're going to hand it off to Peterson. Beautiful tackle at the line of scrimmage by Corey Peters, wrapping up Adrian Peterson and getting him to the ground. Frank Rag now just getting ragdolled at the point of attack by Corey Peters. Askins back to throw on first down from his 39. He's in trouble here, and he's sacked back at the 30-yard line. Corey Peters gets the sack. Straight drop back Stafford in trouble, wrapped up, and sacked by Corey Peters. Surprise! <laughs> wow! Get hit by Belek. Yeah, did you see that uh, sack dance he had? I think uh, that, that midsection is still moving after the <laughs> after the dance he was doing, belly dance. I guess we should say that's Dave Pash yeah, that, and not Ron Wolf. That's with right, that. Dave said yeah. that ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got your back, Wolf, on that one. <laughs> As we say, welcome back to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, and welcome to to Corey Peters. Little montage of 2020 there, a couple of sacks, some tackles for loss, and one celebratory dance. What do you call that, Corey? Uh, welcome. And, uh, do you have a name for that? Uh, it doesn't really have a name. It just kind of is what it is. It's got a life of its own, Corey. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I just kind of let my body go, and, and it does whatever it wants to do. I tell you what, though. I, I listen to that, and, and I'm, I'm reminded of 2020 and just how much I miss Corey Peters in the Cardinals' locker room. I know. The media isn't allowed. You're just going to be able to go in, Wolf, chop it up with him in his locker on the road trips, right, and just hang out. and Get and, wisdom. Right. See, so how are you doing, Corey? Especially after you had a you had a Veterans Day off yesterday. How about that? That was that's so. How how are you feeling? How's the energy level halfway through? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, uh, coming off the bye week, I think was good for all of us just to be able to get away a little bit and rejuvenate and come back. And I think it always helps just kind of start the second half stretch of the season. So Corey, five and three at the halfway point. Talk a little bit about where the team is right now and where you expect this team to go. Um, you know, I think everybody's in a good mood. Uh, I think we're in a good place. Uh, I think everything we set out to accomplish this season is still ahead of us. Um, so that's our main focus is getting ready for the Bills now, trying to get off to a good start to the second half of the season. Um, obviously, uh, one thing that I think we need to work on is being more consistent in all phases throughout the game. Um, and I think that's going to put us in a better position to uh, win some more of these, these games. You know, there was a telling comment from Jordan Hicks after the game, and he said, quote, when you have too many my bads from that many different people, it's going to look the way it did tonight. And then he so later see mentioned focus and, and at times being flat. Is that what you're talking about, that consistency that this Cardinals defense needs to achieve over the second half of the season? Well, yeah, I think uh, I, I definitely agree with Jordan on that. I think uh, against Miami is a little bit uh, everybody taking turns, messing up. Um, so, um, you know, it's just something that's been a focus point um, coming off of that game and just trying to really take everything more seriously, walkthroughs, um, and really just being locked in so that we can try to minimize the mental mistakes especially um, and just give ourselves the best chance to win games. You know, Corey, it's so amazing. I, I look at the secondary and how banged up the secondary has been and how frustrating it is because, as you well know, any defensive coordinator will tell you if you're buttoned up on the back end, you, you can become so much more creative on the front end right now. Take a look at your defense, evaluate your defense, and tell me what you see and tell me where you need to get better. Well, um, I think, you know, just the consistency all over the board. Um, I think at times we play really good football against some really good teams. 
um, and shown what we're capable of when we're all clicking on, on all cylinders. Um, but, you know, at times, one thing we talked about a lot this year is just playing in stadiums that um, are not to capacity or not full, sometimes empty, completely empty. Um, it's really important for everybody to energize each other and really feed off of one another um, because there's not the normal energy that's in the building, you know. Um, so I think we've got to do a better job starting games with that energy. Um, and I, I think it's only um, been an issue a few times, but um, that's what I'm talking about, just the consistency so that no matter what, what day we step out there on the field, we're prepared to play and, and you're going to get that same high-level performance. For example, next week, Thursday night, you go on the road, short week to Seattle, where the Cardinals have won five mm. of their last six at Seattle. And I always say, you can agree or disagree, Corey, but a big catalyst to those wins over the years have been the fact that it's you guys against the world in that stadium, and the 12s are all over you, and then you guys are inspired accordingly. You're not going to have that element this season. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm expecting the same type of performance, honestly. Uh, you know, when we play Seattle, it's always a dogfight, especially up there. It's one of uh, – I love to play on the road just for those reasons that you just expressed. Um, and, and it will be a little bit different this year. But, you know, when we play Seattle, um, you know, I don't, I don't think those there's a problem with the energy for those games. Um, everybody knows what, what type of attitude and, and performance it's going to take to come out with a win. So what about you, Corey? Where are you this 10th year of play for you right now, right? You you missed 2015, but 10 years in the league. Where are you right now in regard to your own personal development and how you're playing right now? Um, you know, I'm always looking for ways to get better. Obviously, you know, I like to be more productive, um, you know, and, and it's just trying to find a way to, you know, lead the, the team and D-line especially. Um, so that we can all get better as a group. Um, I'm really happy with the team. Um, I think we can be a very special unit and, and, and you know, be a championship-caliber team. So, um, you know, I'm really trying to take advantage of the moment. Um, we're trying to uh, improve in every way that we can right now and, and continue to work toward being a better football team and a more complete football team um, and so, you know, that's really my focus, just day in and day out um, in the D-line room, trying to think of ways that uh, we can get better. Corey Peters on board, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford. And when you're playing interior D-line, a lot of times on the nose, to what degree do you use stats to assess your play? You mentioned productivity, but doesn't a lot of what you do just go beyond the box score? Um, yeah, but I, I think every player wants to, you know, make as many plays as possible. Um, everybody loves to hear their name called over the loudspeaker. Um, and really, you know, I think that's what we need. You know, we need more plays from everybody on the defense. So um, I think everybody needs to, to take that challenge and, and try to um, not only check the, the box of getting your job and your responsibility to the defense done, but, um, you know, taking a step further and, and trying to make some plays as well. So this is your third straight year as a team captain. Have you had a moment so far this season where you either called the defense or the locker room together? Was, has there been a message you, you felt the need to impart so far this year? Um, you know, really it's just about getting everybody to, to buy in and to focus up, you know, um, because of the way we started the season. 
um, no off-season program, those things. You know, I think it was a little bit of a learning curve for some, especially our young guys, because, you know, they just didn't get those reps to, you know, see things uh, going full speed. Um, and just to have the opportunity, you know, we get in the training camp mode, you know, we're preparing for the season. So it, it, it can be difficult at times for, you know, third string guys or, or guys that are down on a depth chart to get experience. And, and now is the time that we're calling on some of those guys. And, you know, I, I think that learning curve is just, um, it, it is a factor, um, you know. So for me, it's just about trying to fill in those gaps and, try to help those guys um, understand what's going to happen um, even though they may not get a rep at it. And I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of that and we'll get into a stat he does not want to hear about Josh Allen when we come back <laughs> on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Snap the two, a five-step drop. Tonga Bailoa in trouble. Morrow's got him and sacks him back at the 22-yard line. Tonga Bailoa back to throw again. Looks deep instead. Gets sacked at the 46-yard line. It was Marcus Golden that was there first. The motorman, Marcus Golden. So both Golden and Morrow returning to the Cardinals. Their second stint with Arizona, both with a sack here in the first half. You can see it, Marcus Golden standing up saying, bring it on, bring it on. We need more of that. He's even wearing number 44, Wolf. You know, Marcus Golden. I said earlier this week, I said, you know, you could see Marcus Golden, obviously the production, the sack, five tackles for loss, or, you know, he had a quarterback hit. You could hear him. <laughs> he was very vocal. He should have had two sacks in that game, Paulie. Absolutely. Yep. The lucky foe to the rookie face mask. Yeah, there. But then at the end, when they're in victory formation, and he almost started a brawl, that, that's, that's when you knew the junkyard dog was back. That, I, I personally enjoyed that myself at the very end. Uh, you Corey know Peters, he's one of my favorites, Paul. Right. And you know what, Corey? Your first year with the Cardinals, Corey Peters is our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, was Marcus Golden's rookie year, I believe, 2015, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, his first or second year. What you uh, what would you make of of Marcus and, and just his presence alone, both on the field and on the sideline? Well, I think I was ecstatic when when I found out they were you know bringing him back, um, just because of the energy that he brings to the game, the energy he brings to the defense. Um, I think he's going to be great for us. He was obviously a very productive player um, in his time here with us, um, and so I'm excited about. It. I think you you already got a taste of you know, what he could do on the field. Um, and like you said, he should have had two sacks. Um, so I'm looking for for that to continue moving forward. Corey, how is he going to help this defense in terms of your rush defense? Right now, number 22 in rushing yards per game and number 24 in rushing yards per play allowed. Bottom third of the league right now. Um, not not critically bad by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly room to improve. How, what do you guys have to do to get better? Um, I think we just have to get get our consistency together. You know, um, guys got to do it right all the time. You know, and, and I think when when the consistency gets better, you'll see more consistency in getting stops and especially in the run game. Um, then obviously we just got to eliminate the big play. Uh, we've given up a number of big plays um, that you know obviously will kill your average. Um, and the quarterback run, um, you know, that counts as well. How about Hassan Reddick on the edge? You get Devon Kennard back this week. Tell tell us about those two guys, especially in the absence of 55 Chandler Jones. 
Um, I think uh, Hassan has done a really good job this year. Um, you know, obviously you can see his athleticism and when he gets out in the open field, I think it really shows uh, his speed and um, he does a great job getting quarterbacks down for us, especially when they break the pocket. Um, and having DK back, um, that's going to be great for us too. It's one of our uh, better ends as far as the run run defense, um, like we just talked about. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a big bonus getting him back into the fold as far as our rotation on the front. And Corey, what did you think of Buda Baker being named a captain? Um, I thought it was great. You know, Buda always exemplifies the type of play that we want to see out there. And um, this year he's, he's even taken more of a vocal role. Um, and, you know, I think everybody had, you know, such high levels of respect for Buda. Um, already, it, it was really a natural thing. Were you behind that, Corey? Were you? Were you one of the guys? No, I mean, uh, no, I wasn't behind it. The captains talked about it, and uh, you know, it, it was unanimous. Very cool. You know, I, I've said 2020 is the year of the diminutive American. Those guys under six feet. So you yeah, knock it off, Paul. And yeah, you, you have Kyler Murray. And I remember vividly the end of last season it was late December, and and you were holding court, Corey, in the locker room, and you basically told a lot of media, I think, that were still somewhat skeptical that he was going to be a viable quarterback in the league. And you said, "Look, stop with any of that kind of stuff about his stature. The kid can play." And I'm curious, what have you seen out of Kyler now in year two? I mean, it's nothing different from, you know, honestly, what I see when I look at those high school highlight tapes, you know, and, and I, I'm amazed every time, you know, that I see it. Uh, I'm thankful to be on the team with him to be able to just sit on the sideline and watch him play um, up close. Um, I think he's dynamic. Obviously, you know, his arm is live and he can make all the throws, but you know, I, my favorite is when he takes off. You know, I've, I've never seen quite anything like it. Um, and I would hate to play against it, honestly. So um, I think he's very dynamic. Um, I think he's the type of player that, you know, is going to really be making a lot of noise in this league for a long time. So when does the dual threat quarterback become the norm in the National Football League? Um, I think that, you know, Really what it's going to do is you're going to start to see a lot of teams drafting quarterbacks that have a lot of success in college and building offenses that fit what they do well, and regardless of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you look at what Baltimore is doing with Lamar Jackson, um, what we're doing here, um, and, and Russell Wilson is not necessarily as dynamic running, but, um, you know, obviously is dangerous you know, on the move and is elusive and can extend plays and all those things. Um, but Seattle does a good job of putting him in situations to do things that he does well. Um, so I think that, you know, as creative as the coaches can be, um, you know, that's what you're really going to see. Um, but I think guys are going to start getting a lot more opportunities that maybe 20 years ago they wouldn't have gotten. Yep. Because, Corey, when teams come in to play the Cardinals and they have to game plan against Kyler versus game planning against a traditional pocket quarterback, those are two totally different assignments, aren't they? Uh, Absolutely, just because, you know, Kyler is the traditional pocket quarterback until nothing is open or until you get pressure and then it becomes its own beast. Um, So it it just is – it really is a a difficult thing to – contain um 
you know, and, and he's had a lot of success this year. Um, and I, I really don't see him slowing down. I, I think we're, we're going to actually get better just because, um, you know, we're still a relatively young um, offense, coaching staff. Um, D-Hop and Kyler have only been playing together for eight games. You know, everything is, is still relatively young. So um, I, I look for them to continue to improve as well. You know what, honestly, I, I was just going to ask you that right there, Corey, because it just seems like this offense is it's left so many yards out on the field as well. And we're talking about the number one offense in the National Football League. We're talking about an offense that will just light you up, and yet it seems like we haven't been firing on all cylinders yet. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, one thing we've talked a lot about is uh, we've shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, both offensively and defensively with uh, penalties and um you know, just doing dumb stuff <laughs> generally. So um, not not executing on simple things. So, um, you know, like I said, consistency is something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to keep talking about. It's just um, because, you know, I think we've played at really, really high levels where everybody can look at and say, hey, if we, if we do this, you know, we're going to be a tough team to beat. And then we've also put some bad things out there that, you know, if we play like this, we'll lose to everybody. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of trying to, to get more of that top-level performance. Well, right now the Cardinals have a top-10 scoring defense, Wolf. They're eighth in the NFL, allowing 22.5 points per game. You mentioned some of the rushing metrics, definitely room for improvement there. But it's somewhat similar on both sides of the ball, wouldn't you say, Wolf? There's, you know, they've been good, but I think we're still waiting for that breakout game by both units to a certain degree. Paulie, there's no doubt about it. In regard to the secondary, man, you think about it. This secondary has not had any exposure to each other. The chemistry, they have not been able to build that chemistry since two snaps into the first game of the season. You gotta be kidding me. I honestly forgot about that. That because of Jalen Thompson going yes. down in the first series of week one and then last week Byron Murphy missing the game, you're right. This is gonna be it where they finally all come back, get some of those regulars back, and we'll talk about the challenge straight ahead with Corey Peters, Josh Allen and the Bills next on the Big Red Rage. Josh looks to throw it again. Loads up, fires downfield, got a man open, caught, touchdown, Isaiah McKenzie, touchdown Buffalo. Fakes the handoff, Josh going to throw it, looks into the end zone, got a man open down in the back of the end zone, and is caught, touchdown, touchdown Buffalo. Tyler Croft open for the touchdown. Josh Allen looks to throw, fires in the end zone, caught, touchdown Gabriel Davis, touchdown Buffalo. They can't be stopped. Wow. They can't be stopped. Josh Allen in the gun, takes the snap, going to keep it himself, runs to his right, gets inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo. Yeah, Bills Radio, they were saying touchdown Buffalo on a loop. I mean, that's how that's how often that you had the Bills scoring. You had Pete Carroll, Wolf, before the game signing a Mondo contract extension, and then the Seahawks went out and gave up a 44-burger, the most points allowed by a Pete Carroll Seahawks defense in his 11 years as head coach in Seattle. Think about that. I'm sure he had a clause in his contract, though. <laughs> I, I hope he actually did sign it, and the, and the ink was dry at, at that point. Corey Peters is our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford. And Gilbert, 44-34, the Bills go out, and it really wasn't that close. They destroyed the Seahawks. And, uh, Corey, you tell me, what jumps off that game film of Buffalo taking it to Seattle? 
Um, for me, I think it's just the consistency of their their team. You know, across the board, they got a very good online. Um, Josh Allen is um, he's, he's really good. Um, I think he's improved a lot since he's came in the league. Obviously, he's got a really big arm. They got great receivers too. A lot of speed. They can really do a lot of different things to you. So uh, we're gonna have our hands full. We got a good game plan, and uh, and hopefully we can execute it. Corey, do they even try to establish the run? Do they even do they even do that, or is it all more about Josh Allen? And what do you say we go ahead and throw the ball? Uh, they got some. They got some different runs, some things that we haven't seen this year. Some uh, some things that could present a challenge. Um, they are definitely uh, have been more pass than run this year, uh, but you know I, I think they're capable of running the ball too. Pete Carroll was really honest after the game. I mean, he was at a loss to explain the loss. He admitted that they expected Buffalo to run it a lot, and they came out and ran it three times in the first half. And Josh Allen went 24-28 for 282 and set all these records. And, in fact, here's a metric you don't want to hear, Corey Peters, as a defensive lineman. You ready for this? Because it's all analytics these days. There's a stat called pressure evaded rate by quarterbacks. And there's only one quarterback with a better pressure evaded rate than Kyler Murray. And his name is Josh Allen. Tell us about what you're going to get in that quarterback. Um, I mean, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised from watching the tape. Uh, he's definitely hard to, to bring down. He's a big guy. Um, so when he really gets, gets to running, um, he's not really looking to slide. He's looking to finish the run. Um, so we just got to gang tackle, get a lot of bodies to him and, uh, and get him down when we have our opportunities. Talk a little bit more about the offensive line of the Buffalo Bills and how good they are and where they excel. Um, I think they do a good job working together. Um, they do a good job with their combo blocks. And, and like I said earlier, um, they block some things a little bit differently than other teams. Um, so whenever teams do things that other teams don't and you don't see it as much, um, it can be difficult to fit and uh, and beat sometimes. So we've been working really hard this week on it, and uh, and I'm excited to, to get the opportunity to play. Corey, do you mean more in protections that they use or in uh, their rushing schemes? Uh, some of their running schemes. Okay. You know, Patrick Peterson was talking about how they use a lot of 10 personnel. Not many teams do. Obviously, the Cardinals do and the Bills do. What does that mean for the Cardinals' defense? Now you're playing a team, not just your own team in training camp, but an actual opponent using a lot of four wide wide receiver sets. Um, I think it, it, it helps that, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of that throughout training camp. and you, As you guys mentioned, we'll have um, those that DB group back together. Um, so um, I think it, it's definitely helpful because um, a lot of teams don't show you those type of looks and they can present challenges as far as uh, the fits and the matchups. Um, but I think we'll be, we'll be well prepared for it. And, and like I said, we have a good plan. Corey, every team has a personality. This team seems to play up and down to its competition. I'm talking about you guys, the Cardinals. How do you as team captains combat that? Well, I think, you know, we all just have to continue to press every day um, and try to impress on everybody and get everybody to, even in practice, perform at that game time level um, and and make everything the same um, so that when we step out on the field, no matter if it's practice or in the game, 
we're all at the same point. So it's not so much, oh, okay, let's do this at this intensity and then we got to take it up a notch for this. So um, it's just been a, a process and getting everybody to uh, understand what it takes and the level of focus that we need uh, to be on the same page and, and, and get a win. You know, Pat P was asked about the urgency right now, halfway through the season, down the stretch the Cardinals come, eight games to go. Here's Patrick Peterson. Every game's a playoff game, especially in the second half of the season. This is the part of the season where you start to separate the contenders and the pretenders, and we want to be a contender. You know, we feel that we let two slip away, that we had really good opportunities of winning. Now we can't let no, no, no game slip away. Every game counts now. We have an eight-game season. And no game after that is promised to us. So we got to make sure that we put our best foot forward. You know, we heard Kyler Murray with a similar message. He he expanded on what I think he was trying to convey after the game. What would you make of your quarterback? Because obviously he took that loss hard afterwards meeting the media. Well, I mean, obviously he's a competitive guy. Uh, and you can see that in the way he plays. And, and I think he even plays a little bit better when um, when we need it. You know, so... Um, I, I agree with, with what everything that P2 said, uh, you know, and that's where we are right now. We got Buffalo who, um, I think they got one loss, right? And, you know, seven and two, actually. Did, yeah. Or seven and two. Um, what they just did to Seattle, you know, they're an elite team in this league and, um, so we know we've got a dogfight on our hands, and, and we'll be ready to go for that. What do you think you're going to have to do, Corey? I mean, honestly, your guy's been in the league a long time right now. What do you think you are going to have to do in all three phases in order to come away with a win against a very good Buffalo Bills team? Um, well, first off, defensively, we we can't let Josh Allen go crazy on us. And that's no matter how it looks, um, you know, he can beat you both running the ball and passing the ball. Um, so regardless of what he does, we can't let, let that get out of hand. Um, we got to get off the field. We have opportunities to get off the field on third down. Um, and, and if, and when they do get in the red zone, you know, we got to do our best to eliminate them from scoring touchdowns, try to force them to kick field goals. Mm -hmm. Um, and then offensively, I think we just got to score, you know, obviously, uh, this is me, a defensive tackle. I have nothing to do with the offensive game plan. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you know, know the game, I, though, my brother. You know, I, I look for, for Kyler to get loose, you know, and do what he does. Uh, you know, so I, I'm excited about it. Like I said, I love to watch him play. Uh, and there's no doubt on my mind that, you know, when, when our offense is on point, they're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I don't care who we're playing against. Um, you know, I think – you know, we've already proven that, you know, when we play our game and when we're clicking, uh, we're very difficult to deal with. Well, we love visiting with you every man, time on the Big Red Corey. Rage, Corey, man. Thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, Corey. Really appreciate it, buddy, as always, man. And you know what? Props to the team captain for starting a virtual book club for Arizona high school oh, students this year right. as well in the face of the pandemic. I mean, that's all good. What's not good is when Wolf will share what he's reading, a 14th century book on the team flights. I, I really don't need a lot of that. The big but, man knows how to love, Paul. That's the one thing about Corey. Does. Yeah, and, and I didn't get around to asking about his uh, beloved Kentucky Wildcats, how they're doing in the SEC. I don't know if they have any. You know, and, and Wolfie, it actually says, in addition to going to state meets in high school and being uh, you know, among the best in state of wrestling, he played some high school baseball as well. So how about it, on. Corey Peters there. We'll, uh, he was the backstop, Paul. Yeah.
We'll talk about your native Buffalo Bills when we come back and wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage. Third and seven for the Cardinals on their 44. Snap to Kyler Murray, drops back to throw. Steps up, throws a deep ball, middle of the field. He's got Kirk. The ball's on the money. It's a touchdown. What a strike. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. And the Cardinals with a chance to tie the game. Boy, it doesn't get much better than that right there. Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk lined up to the right of Kyler Murray and ran the post. The safety bit in the middle of the field, squatted there, I say. And here comes Christian Kirk over the top for a touchdown. That was an absolutely perfect throw by Kyler Murray. Right before Dave said that, I wrote down in my notebook down in the front row, best ball of the season from Kyler Murray. Now, maybe because it was so pretty, Wolf, but because he's thrown a lot of crisp, perfect passes this year. But, man, that was a beauty. And I... To your thinking, as we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage, give me a quick thought on Christian Kirk, because he has been so productive the last few games. Has he finally arrived, in your opinion? Yeah, I do believe, Paulie, that he's going to start getting a lot more attention because of the plays that he's making right now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has uh, five 50-plus yard touchdowns over the last two seasons? Uh, I mean, the the guy has absolutely been on fire for the most part, Paulie. He's going to get a lot more attention because right now he's kind of been the forgotten guy. You know, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and Larry Fitzgerald. And if you're a defensive coordinator, it's going to be easy to forget about Christian Kirk to some degree. And, of course, the Bills, they have Stephon Diggs and John Brown, the former Cardinal, and Cole Beasley. They run a lot of four wide receiver sets. Whatever they're doing is working under Sean McDermott. They're tracking for their third playoff appearance in four years. Think about that. Before Sean McDermott, Ron Wolfley, they had a 17-year playoff drought. The Bills are trying to win their first division title since 1995, and they're 7-2 and two for the first time since 93 when Jim Kelly was still the quarterback. Yeah, it truly is incredible. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team. They're a football team that they're built around their offense, of course, and in particular their passing offense. Second to none with Josh Allen, the way he throws the ball right now, the receivers that he has, the protection scheme that they have. They can run the ball. I think they will try to run the ball against the Arizona Cardinals because the Cardinals haven't had a ton of success in terms of stopping the run. So I think they'll try to do that. But make no mistake about it. This is all about Stefan Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. And all three of those receivers for the Buffalo Bills, not just Josh Allen, but all all three of those receivers, Paulie, they complement each other so much. 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. That by far and away in rundown situation is the predominant personnel group for the Buffalo Bills. And each one of those receivers complements the other. You got Stefan Diggs who could just flat out take the top off of any defense and then of course you've got john brown who runs short to intermediate routes very very well has sneaky speed like a christian kirk and then you've got the classic possession guy in cole beasley well josh allen is the first quarterback in the super bowl era to have at least two games with 400 yards passing in a single season with three or more touchdowns no picks and a a passer rating of 130 or more so he is playing at an elite level and he's sort of like the size of a big ben except with mobility isn't he he is a big dude oh he's such an athlete paul 
and guys bounce off him. If he isn't oh. running around you, he, he's, he has a tendency. He'll run through guys at times. There's no doubt about it. He is an incredible athlete. You watch him run the ball. This is, this is the guy that I think, again, you're going to look at the quarterbacks over the next three and five years, and it doesn't matter what the package is that they come in. It doesn't matter if they're big or small, Paulie. What they're going to have to do is be able to run and throw the ball. And Josh Allen can do both of those things, and they don't mind the zone read with Josh Allen. Here it comes. So as a Buffalo native, how do you like your wings, Ron Wolfley? Uh, What's your first choice, huh? How do you like them? Only hot, Paul. Only hot. That's that's the only way you get them. There's no such thing as a mild or medium wing, Paul. In Buffalo, I'll have wings, please, and they're always hot. And I wonder how many wings Corey Peters could eat. At 335, are you kidding me, is the nose tackle. Special thanks to... You might want to go captain. to the big tree if you're ever up there in Orchard Park, too, Polly, to get your wings. Just saying. Special thanks to Jim Omohundro as well. Cody Fincher for the Buffalo native and wing guy, Ron Wolfley. I'm merely Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. <laughs> You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.